This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare Together. We'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson. He's Harrison Zuckerberg. You'll hear from him in a moment. We're not experts, but rather fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win while finding meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing. I'm coming to you from the Unpacking It Ministry studio in Charlotte, North Carolina. Harrison is with his family for Thanksgiving this week. And so uh, we'll hear from him, uh, man. I can't wait. We get three games on Thursday. It kicks off the, the football weekend. However, those games are not ideal, but we will talk about Thanksgiving games. We will talk about the last few weeks of the season playoffs right around the corner. Today's fantasy football fellowship topic from the playbook is all about hope and the hope to make the playoffs. So there are a lot of NFL teams you know, fighting for a, a spot. A lot of divisional races are tight, and that has translated into fantasy because the parity that I see across all of my leagues is amazing. I mean, it's every you're a game or two out. You still got a chance, and, and so it's, it's fun. Very few teams are pulling away. I got a couple here or there, but, but for the most part, it's a, a muddled mess with everybody uh, hoping and, and, and buying for a playoff spot. So thankfully I bounced back this week, had some uh, big performances uh, that we'll discuss in, in a moment. Uh, we'll do waiver wire. We'll do peace or panic and we'll let you know what we're convinced of. Uh, but do want to thank our presenting sponsor MetaShare. Uh, my wife and I, we we've been a member for over five years. And, and so it's a, an affordable and effective way to pay for healthcare. And, and so MetaShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality, and they're the nation's largest healthcare sharing community. And so if you are looking for options, and it's open enrollment right now, and you're trying to, to navigate and, and save some money uh, heading into next year, text the word UNPACK, UNPACK to this number, 201-201. That's 201-201. Text the word UNPACK. And, and they'll send you some information uh, so that you can look into MetaShare and figure out if it's the right fit for you. Uh, but, but it's been great for us. So, so thankful to be able to promote them here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast. All right, Harrison, it is Thanksgiving week. We got so much to be thankful for. What are you thankful for when it comes to fantasy football? How are you feeling today? I'm feeling, I'm feeling great after this. Extremely thank, thankful that my teams are finally starting to pick it up as it comes nice. playoff times 
in a few leagues, I was starting out the season like three and three, three, but I've gotten a lot of, you know, three, three game winning streaks these last couple weeks, starting to pull away from the pack and secure my playoffs. And a big reason this week for that was Austin Eckler in his awesome performance that he had. I mean, just unbelievable. Yeah. Play all the round of applause. Chiefs. Great to see him out there performing after he had a few, you know, eh, down weeks. Not exactly what we were used to from him. And then also the reemerging Williams getting back to his form from the first couple games of the season. You know, had five receptions for 97 yards and a touchdown. Big week from those two guys on the Chargers helping away from the pack in my fantasy leagues. Yes, Austin Eckler absolutely saved me. Helped me win two leagues, and especially one league. I had just a, a terrible showing from a number of players. A couple guys on buys. Cooper Cup was on buy, so I was already kind of you know struggling a little bit. And then he totally redeemed my team. Sunday night, it was so, I mean it was so exciting to be able to to watch him get into the end zone. All right, let's go, let's go. Oh, another one, another one, another one. It was awesome. And then earlier in the day, Jonathan Taylor was doing the same thing for me. Remarkably, though, I'm in this crazy league that I had Jonathan Taylor and I still lost. And it's because of quarterbacks. Quarterbacks get a point for completions. And I can't think off the, uh, who, who the guy had, but I just lost because of that. Like his quarterback had a ton of completions and it just killed me. So, uh, but Jonathan Taylor won me another league. So those two guys, I mean, just remarkable performances, you know, especially in a year where a lot of, we've talked about it. A lot of the, the top run, uh, running backs have been out. And these two guys are reliable. They were two of the guys that I really loved coming into the season. And, you know, we didn't, haven't necessarily seen this type of performance yet, but they've been building toward it, especially Taylor. Uh, Eckler, he's been, I mean, both of them have been very solid, but this is, th- these are performances that are legendary, historically strong fantasy performances. So, uh, so I was fired up about it and uh, that definitely, definitely helped me this week. Um, what, what else from the weekend? What are the big takeaways from this, this past, uh, Sunday, Monday? Yeah. So one thing that, you know, Joe Mixon was a guy that I drafted in a few of my leagues, not expecting him to be this superstar running back, but just have sort of a safe floor as my RB two, as a guy, who a lot of touches, there was no one for him to be in a committee with really in his offense. And, you know, the Bengals we thought were going to take a step forward this year, which they but I did not expect him to be this good. He has three straight games with 20 or more points for me and five touchdowns in the last three games, which I know Jonathan Taylor had five touchdowns on his own just this weekend, but still five and three is not too bad either. And he's been a top five running back on the season, which is one thing that I did not expect when I drafted him, but I'm very grateful for because he has been carrying me in some of my leagues and giving me that extra boost of having almost two RB ones in my lineup. Absolutely, because I think you're right. He was drafted as an RB2, but has outplayed that, which is which is huge. There aren't many running backs that are outplaying their kind of you know, status heading into the season. So uh, he's been great. You know, the injury concern with him is definitely lingering. So that's why I said it last year, last week, Samaj P. Ryan, you got to still get him. And, and this, to me, his Mixon's performance just confirms that because there would be volume for P. Ryan if something did happen to Mixon. Hopefully it doesn't. Mixon's great, but uh, if if something did, P. Ryan would step into some some good opportunity. That that Bengals offense is is pretty legit, and they had a couple down weeks, but they're they're going to be in the mix toward the end of the season, fighting for a playoff spot. Young players, 
you know, so they're still going to be going after it. Whereas you'll know, talk about Seattle, you know, that's a team that's, that's done. So you want to sell Seattle. I still, th- I, I still like Cincinnati uh, and what they're capable of. It's almost like Pittsburgh's kind of in that. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about them, but they're, they're heading in a, a questionable spot in that division. Whereas the Ravens are still solid. The Browns are barely winning. And I, so I, I've got more confidence in the Bengals, especially following uh, Sunday's win. So uh, good stuff from, from Mixon. All right, Harrison, let's do why I'm convinced. What are you convinced of this week? So I am convinced this week that Elijah Moore is my biggest regret of the fantasy season. He mm. was one guy who I had on my sleeper lists on the top, you know, breakout rookies. And I tried to target him in some of the last rounds of all of my drafts and I got him in most. But then when the time came for bye weeks to start hitting around week four, week five, he wasn't really involved in the offense. He had some injuries. The Jets just looked really bad as a team overall. So I dropped him on every single one of my teams within that, you know, week four to week six range. And then since then, he has had 10 points in every single week and is averaging 19 fantasy points per game over the last five weeks. Completely broke out, which is what I expected him to do, but honestly didn't trust my analysis enough once it came to that, you know, third way mark through the season and I didn't like what I was seeing out of him. So now that is someone that I'm really missing right now on my team because I know I had it. I know I got the pick right, but someone else is feeling the rewards of the Elijah Moore breakout season. That's the worst feeling. You you watch somebody that you knew was going to be good, but he's no longer on your roster because you were too impatient. It's a terrible fantasy feeling, but it's inevitable because you, you can't keep everybody on your bench. Certain weeks, injuries, buys, you got to make cuts. You got to make moves. and that gut feeling proves proves to be true. So it's uh, it's a tricky one. It really is. Um, there's a couple of guys on other rosters. I'm like, oh, I don't like seeing that guy on another roster. I want to be the one reaping the benefits, but I, I had to, I had to move on for sure. Um, one guy I am hanging on to though, Tony Pollard. I feel like he's finally going to get that opportunity. He got a little bit. He outrushed Zeke this past Thursday. Uh, he might get a little bit more opportunity moving forward too. As Zeke plays through an injury. Uh, but, but it's those types of guys where you're just waiting for that opportunity, waiting for that opportunity. Um, and if you hang on to them, you'll, you'll reap. If not, you got to watch somebody else enjoy it. Um, that's a good one. All right. So here's what I'm convinced of today. It is go time for trades. You got to pull the trigger. You got to make moves. If you want to win, I think you, it doesn't necessarily even have to be a big trade, but you got to identify the weakness on your team. What's going to prevent you from winning a championship. And be honest with your team. You know, do that full evaluation and say, okay, I've only, got, I've only got one receiver I can count on right now. And so if that's the case, you need to go get a, a reliable wide receiver. And maybe it's, maybe it's not a guy that has, you know, the highest ceiling, but you need somebody that you can consistently get that, you know, 12 points from, go get them. And, and so if you're, if you're looking at your roster and you're going, yeah, I, I, I got a wonderful team. I don't have a tight end. Figure it out. Go find a trade. I, you know, evaluate other rosters and you know, some of those teams that are maybe below you on the standings, they're desperate. They're trying to win, you know, one more game so they at least stay alive another week. Uh, you gotta do it. And and I think a lot of leagues too, the deadline, trade deadline is coming up, um, depending on you know how your your league operates. But it's 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 either this week or or soon. Um 
Sometimes people are around a little bit more Thanksgiving week too, <laughs> potentially. Maybe take an off Wednesday, so make some moves on, on Wednesday. Figure out what you can do on the waiver wire and then and then pull the trigger. I, you know, I've been dragging my feet maybe on a couple players. Uh, I've got depth at, at certain positions on, on some teams, and I need to, ca- I need to flip that, that depth. There, there aren't as many buys the rest of the way. Um, and then, you know, figure out some of the players that the last couple of weeks people have been down on. Um, and then there are a couple guys, there are a couple players like Cal, uh, Alvin, Alvin Kamara, please, please trade him. Please trade, please trade anybody on the saints sell while you can. That is a sinking ship. The Seahawks is a sinking ship. The Raiders are a sinking ship. Sell, 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 move on, go, go, please. So that's, that's what I'm convinced of today. Yeah, and with trades, I think something you should look for too is maybe trading someone who's had a stronger start to the season for someone who's maybe performed a little bit worse but has a better playoff schedule for your team if you think you're going to make the playoffs. Like you look at teams like the Broncos, the Lions, you know, DeAndre Swift maybe hasn't been the best running back. He was really good this week, but he has Arizona, Atlanta, and Seattle as his three teams in the playoffs. That's a pretty good playoff schedule. The Broncos play Cincinnati, Las Vegas, who we weren't very fond of. You just talked about, you know, those are two defenses where if you, you know, maybe you trade a running back who's had a little bit better of a season and to a guy who wants to win now. So he wants that better player, but come times when playoffs come, you have a really easy schedule for the guy you just traded for. So it's not just trading for talent at this point, but also now with only a few weeks left in the season, really looking for the matchups because that's what you can take advantage of. And I, I am curious, some of the coaching changes, how that's going to affect it. And, and some of that's, you, you just have to guess. And, you know, with Jason Garrett being fired in New, in New York, I'm not sure that changes a ton. I think New York's just bad. <laughs> They're another, I put them in that category as well. The ship is sail, uh, falling. What did I say? The ship is sinking. Uh, same with Atlanta. And I've been saying that for weeks. But those are the teams that I'm, I'm worried about. But your Chicago Bears you know, there is some concern there. If Nagy leaves, does that make things better? Maybe there, there is a belief that that's the case. And maybe the locker room kind of responds because it's been clear that they don't like playing for him or the fans at least don't like it. So maybe the, you finally get the fans behind the team and then maybe some, some positive momentum to finish the year, even though it's clear that they're out of the playoffs. So, you know, again, evaluate some of that, but, uh, but you kind of got to, hedge on a couple bets and, and guess and figure out what, what you can do uh, to capitalize on the final few weeks of the season. But as we've learned, this year is so unpredictable. So it is a lot of guessing. It's educated guessing. Um, it's looking at all the factors. Also, a big thing toward the end of the year, weather. you got to be careful with having too many bills, bears. The Packers, always they're always fine in weather. But there's just certain, or, or more so, I would even say teams that are going to those places. Right. You know, Southern teams, Western teams, even the Cardinals. I haven't looked at their schedule. But if they have to travel to, to, to places like Buffalo or New York, that makes me nervous uh, toward the end of the year. So there is, yeah, they're in with the weather. I like weather when it favors the running backs because, you know, QB's sure. hands gets cold. They can't air it out. You can always hand it off to your dependable running back to run through the snow. I mean, that, that always works. <laughs> um, you're talking about Chicago. I mean, David Montgomery's uh, someone a lot of people have forgotten about, but his final three games of this are Minnesota, Seattle, and the New York Giants. Those are three teams who I don't think are going to be able to stop him or playing for much at that point. 
he's someone who I'd look to trade for, maybe plug him into your playoff lineup, even though he hasn't been the most productive so far this season and someone who filled burned by him with the injury might be willing to get rid of him. Ah, I like that. That's a great target. It's, it's worth, it's worth it uh, to me. It's yeah. Go for it. Go, go for that. It might not, it might pan out because Chicago is, is just kind of a disaster, but based on those matchups, I think it makes it worth it. So there you go. That makes me feel better. I've got him in one or two leagues. So that's good stuff. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll get back to Harrison in a moment with some uh, accountability and confession. We'll do some waiver wire, but I've got to get into the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook, and this week's topic is all about hope to make the playoffs. Do you have hope that your team or teams will make the playoffs this year? And it's always fun when a fantasy league is filled with owners that lean more toward the positive, hopeful type attitude and demeanor because you know the guys that are just kind of negative and give up on the on the season, and we, we talked about that last week. But then there's the guys that like, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rally. I'm going to get the guy. I'm going to pick up a guy on, on waivers. He's going to turn things around. I'm going to make the playoffs. I'm going to win the final you know, four games or three games that I need to get into the playoffs and – all the other scenarios where the team's ahead of me, they're going to lose so that I make it in. And, and that's the, the attitude. And so maybe that's you. And so to me, that's still a wonderful attitude. Like that's the, the way to go. Now, in some ways it can be unrealistic and you can look at the standings. You're like, okay, you have a very small chance, but if you got hope, if you, there's a chance, keep it going. Keep making the changes. Keep adding uh, to the to the on the waiver wire and and do what you can. And so, to me, it, your attitude affects how you're going to you know, approach the final few weeks of the season. So, if it is one of hope, you're going to keep fighting. You're going to keep going. And so, when it comes to our own lives, you know, the word hope gets thrown around a lot. And you have hope that things are going to happen in life. You have hope that. Things are going to go your way, and, and you want to be positive, and, and you want to have, have hope, but the, the, the question becomes, what is your hope attached to? Now, in fantasy football, that hope is attached to players that you, know, you got no control over and coaches that you have no control over, and you're going up against other fantasy owners that you don't have control over, and, and in life, a lot of things are out of our, our hands as well, but when we place our hope in Jesus, he is the one in control, and he is the one that has conquered death, and he's the one that has offered us eternal life. And so when our hope is in him, circumstances are going to sometimes go the way that we thought they would or that the way that we wanted them to. Sometimes they're not. But regardless, you know, whether we make the playoffs or not, and in life, however that parallels, we have hope that this life isn't all there is. We have hope that we, we spend eternity with the God that created us. So that allows us to remain positive. That allows us to remain content. That allows us to continue to persevere through this life that is hard and brutal and, and confusing and frustrating and all those types of things. As a follower of Jesus, we operate with hope. And it, again, it's not hope in a circumstance to go our way. It's hope in a person. And that person is reliable. And that person is, is unchanging. 
That person is loving. That person is filled with grace, and that person is is Jesus. And and so that's where our deep rooted hope comes from. And and so in uh, Romans it says, "May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope." And so that hope comes from within, from the Spirit within us. And so when we've received Christ, we receive that Spirit. And that allows us to have hope in the bleakest of situations. And again, it's not even that the situation will come through exactly how we want it to, but it gives us hope that it's possible because we trust in a God that is able, that is able to do the miraculous, that is able to do the supernatural. And it's hope in him that even when things don't turn out how we thought, we know that he's going to turn around for good. For He's going to turn it around for our good. And something positive is going to come from it either now, usually now, and for eternity. Um, that, 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 and ultimately, it's going to change our character. It's going to deepen our faith. It's going to reveal his glory, and, and it gives us a chance to honor him. And so that's the good that comes from, from any situation when we choose to trust him and continue to follow him. Uh, and then also in Hebrews, it says, hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And so the promises that we cling to in the Bible we actually have hope. We absolutely have hope in those promises. We can cling to those with confidence, and we move forward in hope and confidence because of the the character of God and the faithfulness of God. And so, as followers of Jesus, we can live with an eternally focused hope versus a fleeting and circumstantial hope. And we not only have hope that God answers our prayers and is able to fix our problems, but we have hope that He answers in a way that fits His purposes. And really, faith and maturity get us to this point, and it allows us to continue in hope when things don't turn out exactly how we want them to. And and so, as we attempt to be optimistic and, and hopeful about our fantasy team making the playoffs, let's be encouraged that lasting and genuine hope is made possible through the redeeming work of Jesus. God is able to provide whatever we need, and his power continues to amaze us as we trust in him. And so let's let's trust that that spirit within us that gives us that that hope to keep going, and we place our hope in a person, uh, the person of Jesus. And so, uh, yeah, we might as well be hopeful fantasy owners. It's more fun, more fun to be around, more enjoyable, but but more importantly, uh, we have an eternal hope that keeps us going, keeps us waking up each day, keeps us persevering and fighting through the difficulties that we face uh, every day. So there we go, filled with hope. Harrison, how you feeling? You hopeful for your uh, your fantasy playoffs? It sounded like you were earlier. Yeah, I, I'm very hopeful. I'm starting to get a little bit of a confirmation from the ESPN, you know, analytics playoff projector that we were Uh-oh. bashing earlier Uh-oh. in the season that you know gave me a zero percent chance to make the playoffs. Now it says I have a ninety seven percent chance. So nice. I don't know ESPN. Something something doesn't add up there. They're finally coming around <laughs> to my team. I like it. Very good. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hopeful that five of my six teams can can make it. I got one team that's that's pretty bleak. It's not looking good unless Derrick Henry all of a sudden heals, which hey, it's possible. It's possible. I mean, it's possible, <laughs> but it's not not looking great. And then of course Eli Mitchell got hurt. Last, or he was out last week, so hopefully he re- he returns here soon because that would that would help me as well. All right, let's do a little accountability and confession here on the show. We like to admit when we're wrong. We don't get everything right, but we'll try to try to admit when we either say something on the show that was wrong or even a lineup decision 
that we just have to get off our chest and confess. And so I will start with that in mind because it was a little tricky knowing what to do with Gronk on Monday night because he's kind of been questionable, doubtful, and then out for the last few weeks. And so he finally plays, but I made the decision to just keep him on my bench. And so I started Dan Arnold instead of him. And you know, I stand by the decision, but it definitely turned out to be the wrong decision because Arnold gave me zero points. And Gronk, six catches, 71 yards, very solid return. Obviously, Brady trusts him. And I think Gronk, if he's healthy, will be a solid starting tight end the rest of the season. So that's encouraging. Uh, but that was a little little frustrating with the goose egg from uh, from Dan Arnold. And then the other thing, I was kind of wrong, kind of right. So I'm real high on A.J. Dillon. Like I was going into the season. I like him as a running back. I think he's really good. Uh, you know, the Packers lost uh, to the Vikings. And Dillon, he only rushed for 53 yards. He did catch six passes for 44 yards. So overall, not a bad day. Aaron Jones, of course, was out. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe not overly impressive, uh, especially from a, a running standpoint with only 53 yards. But it was kind of a, a game where the Packers were fighting with the Vikings and coming back and trying to trying to get the win, which they fell short. So there you go. That's where I, I whiffed a little bit this week. So my accountability, uh, the big one for me this week is Donta Foreman on the Titans. He was someone that, you know, I was hoping to uh, take a step forward, saw the opportunity for him there. And then the third week in a row, it's not just between him and Adrian Peterson now. Now it's Hillard as well in the backfield. I believe it was a 9-7-7 split of the carries. So I'm just going to sell the entire Titans backfield. I, yeah. I've given up on Foreman. Don't want anyone in it. I mean, that loss was was troubling, but overall the run game just does not look good for them. And the second one is, you know, a couple of weeks ago I was high on Justin Fields. He goes into, so I started him this week uh, with Kyler Murray out. I needed a replacement for Kyler Murray. Started Justin Fields, breaks his ribs, didn't play a great game before that. I think he only had like three points, which, you know, I ended up winning in that league. So it was fine because I had Austin Eckler who was, you know, made up for it and then some. But overall, the Justin Fields uh, take is looking worse and worse now. You know, we don't know what's going on there injury-wise, and the team just looks like they're going down the drain as well. I think at this point, it's better just to keep him safe. <laughs> like just keep him yeah. on the bench, wait for next season. I think he saw enough to, to have some hope in him for next season. But, you know, unfortunately, let Dalton take the, take the lumps, take the hits the, the rest of the way. All right, speaking of that, the, let, let's talk injuries and storylines kind of heading into the week, uh, especially with three games on Thanksgiving. They're not great matchups, but they're still fantasy ramifications. And, and I guess the big question for fantasy owners, is it better or worse to play guys on Thanksgiving? So for me, I love watching players on Thanksgiving that are on my roster. So I don't know. It's almost like subconsciously I draft Detroit Lions players every year just so I can watch them on Thanksgiving, which is just an absurd thing. But I've got TJ Hawkinson, so I'll be playing him. I'll be playing DeAndre Swift, uh, hoping that those guys can – actually, they did pretty well last week. Hopefully that continues. Um, it looks like Goff is going to try to play, and then Dalton's going to play for the Bears, looks like. And then, you know, the Raiders are that team that I've given up on, uh, so they get to play against the Cowboys. Zeke's banged up. How much does Pollard get to play? I like Pollard, but do I put him in my starting lineup? So there are a lot of questions. What, where do you, what are you most concerned about? What are you keeping an eye out for? 
Yeah, these are just not good games this year. I mean, the Bears and the Lions, I I really honestly, as a Bears fan, I hope the Lions win. I want the Lions to win, one, (laughs) because I want them to get their first win of the season. They deserve it. They've played so many close games. They haven't given up. They've fought in hard. And then also, if the Bears lose, and I think Matt Nagy's gone, which I personally uh, would like for the future of the franchise and Justin Fields' future. But that that Raiders Cowboys game too. That was a game that if four weeks ago, you know, you looked at that matchup, you're like, "Wow, Cowboys are hot, Raiders are hot. This could be a good matchup." And now, you know, C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper are both out to the Cowboys, so it will be Dak, who's coming off of a shaky game, throwing a you know Cedric Wilson and and Michael Gallup and Tony Pollard. So it's it's going to be interesting to see all these teams. It's like the perfect mix of teams that are bad playing teams that are also banged up. Like the Saints weren't a terrible team, but they're banged up right now with at quarterback and the rest of their offensive weapons with, you know, Camaro was injured last week and Michael Thomas is done for the season. And then the Bills too are looking not their best right now. So I think if anyone else has the only team who I see really putting a lot of fancy production out there, maybe be the Bills as sort of like a get right game, get back on track. But other than that, I'm not trying to like intentionally start anyone on these fantasy uh, matchups if I have to with the the Lions, the Bears, and and the Raiders and Saints. You know, I think as far as playing your studs, you're going to play your studs. So Swift and you know, you still probably have to play Zeke. He's still your RB one. So even though he's probably not going to put up a huge performance, uh, I guess Thanksgiving, anything can happen. Maybe he wants the, the turducken leg or whatever afterward. But, um, but yeah, but other than that, I think some of the secondary players on in general on Thursdays are always a little iffy. Um, anybody that's kind of banged up, it's hard to put them in on Thursday as well. Um, and then the, yeah, it's just a wild day. Like it's every year, it's always wild, and then throughout the season, every Thursday is always a little, little funny as well. Um, and speaking of that, let's go back to last Thursday. So New England beating Atlanta, no surprise there. But every single season, fantasy owners try to guess and figure out what Belichick's going to do at the running back position. There are always running backs that are productive. Belichick always has guys that score points because they want to run the ball. They play defense, run the ball, try not to put your quarterback in a tough spot, especially this year with a rookie in Mac Jones. They're not asking him to do a ton, and they're relying on running backs. The problem is it seems like they rely on 25 different running backs, and you're trying to figure out you know, which one it is. Both you and I, high on Damian Harris. So we like his game. We like the way he runs. We like some of the great games that he's had this year. But part of it, him coming off the concussion last week, part of it was they blew out the, the Falcons for the most part. Um, and so, and Stevenson is the real deal, which we talked about last year. He's a good rookie running back. And so now moving forward, I'm, I'm probably hesitant to put Harrison. I don't have as high of expectations for him, but I'm not giving up on him. He's probably closer to an RB three than he is, you know, a high end RB two that I had hoped he would be. Um, so there is, you know, if you have depth at the running back position, which very few people do, but if you do, maybe you play someone over him. Um, and I do think there's a spot for Stevenson moving forward. He's probably more of a flex guy. I, I still give the edge to Harris down the stretch if he's healthy, but but Stevenson chips away at some of that too. What what do you make of the the somewhat committee and the guessing game? 
Yeah, so I still think that Damian Harris is a good play, and that you can still start him in your flex, you know, spot. Maybe not RB two, but a flex I feel like is a nice spot for him now because we're not going to see the games where he gets twenty five carries for a hundred yards and a touchdown really anymore. Because even if he starts the game strong, the Patriots get out to a really big lead. He's most likely not going to finish the game because at that point they'll bring Stevenson in because there's no reason to give one back twenty five carries when you got two great running backs. So in my opinion, as long as the game's close, I do favor Harris a little bit more. Um, But I think Stevenson's also a really strong play in your flex, too, if you need a running back. I think what it's going to come down to for these two running backs is what the Patriots do in the red zone for that game. So let's say they both get around, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 carries a game. It's who gets the touchdown because, you know, 10 carries for 60 yards is not a terrible day. But it's who gets the touchdown that's really going to help your fantasy lineup. And neither of them really catch passes either. So you're not going to get many PPR points. So from that, they're both safe, as in you're probably going to get a baseline of somewhere around, you know, eight points, nine points. You're not going to get a zero from either of them. But you're also not going to get 20 from either of them either. So it's, it's someone you'd want in your flex if you need a solid, you know, player who can just do enough to, to help your team. Yeah, I think you're right about yeah who who gets the touchdowns. And it's tough to have touchdown-dependent guys. I like to have running backs that I, I know can get four or five catches, because especially in a PPR league. Then it's like, all right, that's nice. You get some passing yards. That's been the problem with Damian Harris, uh, that he hasn't, he hasn't gotten enough. He has, he's not involved enough in the passing game, and I think that's, that's where, where we miss a little bit. Um, all right, so let's do a little peace or panic and – you know, I think there's probably a few names here that, that need to be talked about. And Josh Jacobs, DK Metcalf, both, you know, star type players, maybe not Jacobs as much, but uh, high expectations for those guys. Jacobs, nine carries, 37 yards last week. You know, Seattle continues to be on this downward spiral. And even though they get Russell Wilson back, they still, their offense just doesn't look good. They can't run the ball. Chris Carson's not coming back. And so Metcalf may get those one or two big plays, but it doesn't seem like the consistent production is there for him um, moving forward. And then with with Jacobs and the Raiders, it just seems like they're going to be down in games. They're going to have to throw. Um, they probably like Drake maybe a little bit more in the passing game or even I think Ricard, Jalen Ricard, Jalen Richard, Richard. He's kind of, I think he's been in the mix a little bit too. So um, I, I own uh, Josh Jacobs is on one of my teams. And so I, I am a little panicked about him and I'm panicked about Metcalf. Um, however, you mentioned earlier, David Montgomery, I got a little bit of peace with him. I like the potential, like you talked about with the schedule. Uh, and then Dak Prescott, few turnovers last week, not having his star receivers. There's definitely an element of panic there. But I still buy into the the Cowboys overall, their overall offense, what they'll be able to do the rest of the way. They still get to play some of these NFC East teams, so they're going to be fine. So no panic with with Dak. Uh, any of those names jump out to you that you're panicked yeah, or, or peace? I think the Metcalf one is interesting because he seems like the perfect example of a player that I mentioned earlier that had a really strong start to the season but is now not on the trajectory that you really want right now, who you could maybe trade for someone who's moving up. So like someone that I think of there is, you know, Devontae Smith on the Eagles. The Eagles have gotten kind of hot recently with their offense, 
Devontae Smith gets to play those NFC East teams. Like he plays the Washington football team twice. He plays the Giants, plays the Cowboys. You know, I'd rather buy into someone like that coming up than Metcalf on the decline. Like at face value, name value, at the beginning of the season, if you said, oh, I'm going to trade you Metcalf for Devontae Smith, someone would be like, you're crazy. Metcalf's a top five receiver. Smith, we don't know. But it's the different paths that they're headed in right now towards the end of the playoffs. I think someone, a breakout wide receiver with an easier schedule might help you more than Metcalf, who, yeah, he's still extremely talented, but we're not expecting him to just blow up like he had for games earlier in the season. Yeah, I mean, Fantasy Pros still has him ranked 11th um, this week, but he caught four passes, 31 yards on, on Sunday. Ugh. I think that's that's overly overly hopeful on on Metcalf. I mean that's that's crazy. Wow, they got and they got Lockett at thirteen. So I, I don't know. That's uh, that's questionable to me. They they do play uh, Washington, and you know Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore both had some production last week uh, against that Washington defense. But yeah, I'm not that confident in Seattle. I mean, I could convince myself that Russell Wilson is still an unbelievably talented quarterback and that he he's the type of guy that could turn it around. I could, I could try to see that narrative play out, but it just feels like Pete Carroll's frustrated. You think back to the off season, they can't run the ball. I just, I I'm, I'm, I'm at this point I'm out. So there you go. All right, let's get to the waiver wire invest or pass. Um, who are you targeting on, on the waiver wire? This week, are you going after Ty Johnson, Rex Burkhead, Michael Gallup, or Cedric Wilson? Um, I know for me, I already have Cedric Wilson on one team. Uh, I like him. I think he's actually a pretty good player. I don't know if it's because he's number one and he looks faster than he is. Sometimes that's the case when people wear number one. I'm not sure if that's what it is. But again, I think there's opportunity there with Dak. And so I do like Cedric Wilson. Um, I don't want Burkhead. Even though they dropped uh, my, my boy, uh, Philip Lindsay from the Texans, the Texans backfield is, a, I, I, don't, I don't want anything to do with it. It's cute that they won. Good for them last week. They beat the Titans miraculously, uh, but I, I'm not going for him. And then, of course, Michael Carter is out for a couple of weeks. Uh, and Ty Johnson has already been good this year, so he's already proven it. We know what he's capable of. The Jets aren't as bad as we think they are. So uh, I'm okay going to get Ty Johnson if, if you need a, a running back. What about you? Yeah, I think Ty Johnson's a great pickup with Michael Carter being out. I mean, he's put up like good numbers in the backup running back role. And what's nice with Ty too is he catches the ball. It's not someone who's coming in as a backup who's just getting carries. He's also going to be involved in the passing offense. And we've seen Michael Carter be really productive and the Jets be better than we expected from an offensive standpoint. So I think that would be a really strong pickup this week. I agree with you on Rex Burkhead. Part of me like wants to pick him up just because I love that Rex Burkhead is still relevant in fantasy, but I don't think there's much upside for him in this Texans offense. Um, and if between Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson, I would try to target Michael Gallup first for the Cowboys. Now he should be picked up in a lot more leagues already, but who knows because of the injury he's just coming back from it. He might still be on waivers. Someone dropped him possibly. Um, but I think both those are really strong play for this week specifically. And if it's for the future, I would prefer Gallup over Wilson. But I would pick up both and probably start both this week for Ooh. Thanksgiving football. Okay, interesting. Um, 
I may have to start Wilson. Yeah, I may I may have to myself. All right, let's wrap things up with the one-hit wonder of the week. We give you a player that we don't expect the production to continue. We don't expect him into the end zone uh, again. And then we'll also share a one-hit wonder song that is one of our favorites. So I'll go with Lil Jordan Humphrey. That's right. One target, four-yard touchdown for the Saints. He's out of Texas. So uh, good for Lil Jordan. I like to find the fun names, too. The one-hit wonders with the great names. That's always that's always good. Um, and then the song for me. A Thousand Miles, Vanessa Carlton. I don't care where that song comes on. If it comes on at the grocery store, comes on the radio, anywhere. It is fantastic. I love that song. I love everything about it. Start to finish. Turn it up. Blast it. Poor Vanessa Carlton. Not sure she had many more hits than other than that, but that is a great, great song. So way to go, Vanessa. Thank you for that. That wonderful one hit wonder. All right, Harrison. So my one hit wonder of the week. What do you think about the song? Do you like the song? Oh, I love, I love the song. I love that song. Great. It's, it's like one of the ones that like as guys, we don't want to admit that we like, but every time it comes on, like you just can't help but love it. Like it's, it's such a great song. Too good. Uh, Too good. (laughs) So my one hit wonder for the week is Cam Sims wide receiver for the Washington football team, two catches for 19 yards and his first touchdown catch of the season, only a second of his career wide receiver out of Alabama, which, you know, every wide receiver that goes to Alabama somehow finds their way in the NFL these days. That's just what happens. They just keep pumping out great wide receiver talent there. My one hit wonder for a song is who let the dogs out? By the Baja men. Man, I do I like that song. I you it's never a song that you choose to listen to that you'd like ever put on a playlist. But if you're like at a party or some event or something that it comes on, you're like, oh yeah, I know this song. But you never like would actively play it yourself. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, I remember when that was a huge hit. That was a that was a funny time in life. Yeah, I mean, it's it's catchy enough. It is. I, I went to Jamaica for my uh, honeymoon, so there, there's hints of kind of some some reggae there. So I like a little reggae, but um, it's also like the most annoying song ever. So <laughs> it's a good one-hit wonder, but it's also like first team all annoying songs at the same time. So there you go. Baja men. I like it. All right, Harrison. Well, man, have an awesome Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for you. Thankful for your contributions to this show. And thankful to all the listeners that join us here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MediShare. Again, text the word UNPACK to 201-201 and you'll get some information about MediShare and encourage you to check that out. But man, we'll be back next Tuesday for the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast following a long weekend holiday weekend hope everyone enjoys it i love my sweet potato casserole can't wait to eat some of that this week it's the best so uh harrison what's your favorite food item on thanksgiving Ooh, favorite food item i'd probably have to go with uh like stuffing and gravy oh okay mm-hmm. i'm good with that that's probably my second uh mashed potato uh, yeah it's tough i like it all it's all delicious big fan so uh enjoy it soak it in and we'll talk to you next week i'm bryce 
I'm a sports fan and a fantasy owner who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, presented by MetaShare.